Dubai is now officially the busiest luxury real estate market of the year, having recorded 3.1 billion dirhams, or just about $850 million worth of transactions in the first six months of the year. During that period, 176 sales took place at the $10 million or above mark. Just to give you a comparison, there were 219 homes sold at that price level in the entirety of 2022. That's 80% of the volume completed only halfway through the year, which should give you some idea of how fast the market's moving. Given all that, it makes sense to have a dedicated resource that can help you to make sense of the most notable real estate trends. My name is Arpan Koch, and I am delighted to welcome you to the all-new Luxury Podcast, where I will be speaking to some of the finest minds in the industry to get insights on key market trends. If you are planning to invest in Dubai, looking for a long-term home, or just want to know the latest that's happening in the city, then you should be listening to the Luxury Podcast. how events around the world play out, the future in Dubai is bright. At least, that's the promise of the city's booming off-plan market, which has seen an incredible 35% increase in demand over the summer. Off-plan transactions, which were trailing behind the secondary market the past couple of years, now account for around 61% of total transactions. So what's the secret to the city's off-plan boom? And where does the market go from here? I'm joined by Mark Richards, Managing Director of LuxuryProperty.com, to shed some more light on this picture. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Good to have you. Thank you very much, Arpan. Nice to be back. All right. So, Mark, uh, we have seen, you know, just phenomenal off-plan activity. Um, And I think for a lot of people, it's been attributed to external factors. So, of course, there was the post-pandemic boom, Expo 2020, Qatar World Cup, and there's always been this... I wouldn't say doomsaying necessarily, but there's this idea from some people that, well, okay, the market's growing for now, it's about to drop off, but we're seeing it continue to grow. So what do you think is driving the market right now? Well, I think there's many factors. Um, of course, post-pandemic is, is a huge factor, and, and what happened was people saw how their country whether that was the UAE, whether that was the UK, the US, the Far East, Middle East, Asia, wherever you were located, your country and government handled the pandemic in a certain way. Right. The UAE got its time to shine to say, here's how we handle situations. And that's, I think, a lot attributed to the way that um, many countries operate in you know, a, a, a democracy and too many people sit around a table and try and make decisions and no decision gets made. Um, Without going down a very political route, um, I think ultimately what Dubai and the UAE did was took control of the situation, made decisions, made very positive decisions that made people in the country feel safe um, and gave the indication and the feeling across the city and and across the country that Dubai had this under control as much as anyone could have. Mm It also gave the feeling that Dubai had its, um, you know, 
its residents' best interests at heart and gave, you know, notable opportunities for um, people to have a very, very functional life, allow business to take control as quick as possible, um, allow freedom of travel and things like that. What that did was allowed residents and citizens of other countries to see that how poorly it was managed in other locations. Right. And all of this has now just moved forward into an opportunity for Dubai to say, we're here, we're not going anywhere. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to work. And you're welcome to be here. And all of that has just taken leaps and bounds over the last two, three, four years where, you know, opportunities of golden visas, uh, you know, freelance opportunities. People have just been welcomed into the city. And that's why during the pandemic and post-pandemic, we had almost a million non-residents living here. Um, and there was this weird period of time where it was okay to work remotely in pretty much any business across the world. Mm -hmm. And many people chose Dubai and the UAE to be that place of remote working, which in most circumstances is, you know, if you're... Um, you know, a UK citizen or resident, Dubai is a very, very remote place to work. Typically, right. that means you work from home, not in the office. Mm. Um, and with that, people got the opportunity to experience it as a, a location to work, to operate. And I think ultimately now that has just compounded several times into people looking at um, how taxation has been handled post-pandemic, how mm. um, inflation has affected the quality of life in many cities and countries globally. Right. And Dubai has just, again, stepped up to the plate and said, you know, we're here, we're not going anywhere, we're open for business, everyone's welcome, and um, and that's what's happened. And, and the market has, you know, adapted to, uh, you know, to take on the, the influx of, of people that want to be residents in Dubai. Great. Now, you've, of course, invested in the market yourself. You've bought properties here. Um, you've been here for, uh, I think, about a decade and a half, a little over yeah. that. You've seen two major downturns happening, yeah. everything around COVID uh, and everything that came after that. How has the off-plan market changed from when you first came here and just throughout the, throughout the years? What's happened is the real estate market as a whole has massively matured. Mm -hmm. The banking system has massively matured with the, the central bank. The way things are integrated across um, how people take debt has, has massively improved. Right. Um, what we saw, I guess, pre-2008 was a relatively straightforward route to market for people to come in and be a developer. And unfortunately, what that meant was the funds that people were putting into these developments were slightly less secure mm -hmm. um, than they certainly are now. Major changes that we've seen now is, first of all, escrow. Escrow means that all the funds of a Dubai development mm -hmm. have to go into a registered escrow account specifically, not only for that developer, but mm -hmm. specifically for the launch of that project. Okay. Something right. that we saw was um, during the downturn in 2008, people were using funds from different projects to move into other projects. Mm -hmm. And even, um, unfortunately, some developers launching a new project or a new tower to fund a project that had previously been um, put into the market. Mm -hmm. That can't right. happen now. That was obviously people manipulating using loopholes in the system. Right. And ultimately, that's a house of cards that at some point collapses. Now, the Dubai government have 
seen that, regulated that, made sure that now cannot happen. Um, the barrier and entry to market now for a developer is also very different. Mm -hmm. You have to show ownership of land. You have to show that you can either afford to build the project with um, a 20% uh, bank guarantee in place, right. or alternatively have built the project to 20% of completion wi without even being able to sell anything. So effectively right. we're now seeing developers have to be able to back it before they can start, start doing the work. Um, and now when we talk about escrow accounts, mm -hmm. you know that your money is being um, put in a secure account. The mm -hmm. Dubai Land Department then dictate at what stages of development those funds can be released to the developer to take on the next part um, of, the, of the build and the construction. So it's worlds apart from where it was in terms of security. If you looked on face value, you may not see or notice a difference. If you mm. look behind the scenes and in the inner workings, um, the security is just in a, in a very, very different place to where it was in you know, pre-2008. Now developers are being held a bit more accountable now uh, to make sure that they're delivering. Uh, and we've seen the results of that in, in terms of uh, the kind of confidence that's coming from buyers, the sales that are happening. Uh, of course, the imbalance that there is in demand and supply right now, yeah. with just the the intense demand that there is for off-plan units, how does a boutique or a new developer or, or even an established developer manage to stand out in such a crowded market? Look, that that's not easy. Is the truth of the matter? Um, anyone right. entering the market will find it. Um, you know, a challenge to compete in, in any industry against the, you know, the huge players. And obviously mm -hmm. we've got Imar, Nikhil, people who have, you know, not only a government-backed developers and, and government developers, but are also, you know, have got years and years in the market and have got a proven track record. Mm -hmm. That is always yeah. in any industry, not real estate, going to be difficult to, to compete with and, and create a space in the market. What people are having to do is, um, be able to provide as much detailed information, move forward with an opportunity to get as much of an experience of the property and the project as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. That can come in the form of a show home that you can go and visit. It can come in uh, terms of 3D virtual tours where you can go and get the feel of the apartment mm -hmm. um, or, or the villa or the project that you're looking to, uh, looking to buy in. We've seen the Majid Alpha Tame you know, they, uh -huh. um, they launched uh, effectively, you know, in the sort of COVID period, but they had a sales center on the plot of land that they were gonna launch the project. Right. They had already started the, uh, the, the Crystal Lagoon that was gonna be there. Mm -hmm. So you could go in, you could see the location, you could understand the road network, you could really get a feel for what might be the future of that project. Um, you know, and, and something that, again, another developer that's, that's grown dramatically over the last, you know, last three, four, five years has been Ellington, starting mm. with a project called Belgravia in JVC, right. produced something that were on a, was on a different level to anything else that was in that community. Now, the, many of the major developers were not developing projects within JVC. They've taken that, built their flag, flagship development, and they've now moved across into, into all segments of the market. If you go and visit Ellington now, mm -hmm. you will see one that they have delivered several times in different locations at different price points. Mm -hmm. And now they're allowed to 
um, put themselves in a very different space compared to the market. People know that they deliver. They know that they deliver quality. They know that their investors have been happy with the, the projects. That's allowed them to get access to plots in different locations on the Palm Jumeirah. Um, they've got, you know, uh, I think it's 330 million dirham individual villa um, that they're that they're building right. as, yeah. as well down in La Mer. Mm -hmm. So there's all these different elements, and now they've just scaled up and scaled up. But what they did is they built something that was really good quality, with sensible payment plans that were interesting, mm -hmm. um, at very good price points for the quality that they were building to sort of arrive in the market and allow people to see, feel the quality, understand what they were gonna buy. So I think new developers coming into the market, they need to build something, uh, develop something that's quality. They need to, I think, be sensible with the price point that they're entering the market at, make it um, affordable for the masses, mm -hmm. or they need to build something with phenomenal quality. So, um, you know, we're not only seeing more uh, I, I guess more friendly uh, payment plans, mm -hmm. which is which is really really um, important. Right. And also, we're seeing developers developing in established communities. So we've now got projects that are being built in completed communities where new plots have been taken over, and they're building in an established community. So they're not having to look back on the overall project and the master community. So right. if we take Emar. Right you know, taking on Dubai Hills, mm -hmm. incredible master community. But yeah. in, in, in terms of what they've got there, it's the whole infrastructure. It's got, you know, a golf course. It's got an incredible shopping mall. It's yeah. got hospitals, schools. It's got everything you would want in a master community. Um, on the other hand, we've got Arada, mm -hmm. and they are now building a community called Jury Hills within Jumeirah Golf Estates. So people know Jumeirah Golf Estates. They right. understand the price point. They understand what's being developed and built there already. Mm -hmm. You can go and visit the golf club. You can go and visit um, and play the golf course um, and the, the mall that they've got there. So people all already understand that. That's an easier way to enter the market right. in an established community rather than saying we're going to build the whole community ourselves. How do agents navigate the current market? So, you know, off-plan... I think there's a temptation to, to just run with any new launch and just be like, hey, get it now before it sells out. But how do you manage a buyer's expectation? Because, for example, if it is something hugely popular, new launch in Amar Beachfront, uh, new launch in Dubai Hills, it's very likely to sell out very fast. Yeah. So how, how do you kind of manage the expectation there that you don't want it to seem like you didn't do your job by yeah. not securing a unit? Yeah. But how do, how do you work around that? Yeah, I think, look, that, that's not easy in the current market. I mean, right. look, if, if you've got a, um, a, a, we're seeing a lot of business coming out of Europe at the moment, and mm -hmm. um, that has always been a big player in the market, but buyers coming out of France, Germany, Italy, Spain, the UK, places where we've not seen a huge amount of business come into Dubai, mm -hmm. we're seeing constant buyers come in again and again, and buying at price points we've also not seen, not only buying you know, what we would class as general market properties and projects, but also buying in prime and super prime, which we haven't seen as much, which is showing the confidence in the Dubai real estate market and the maturity that the, um, that the city's now offering across the, the real estate market as well. Mm -hmm. um, we can always educate and advise. Right. And when we do that, part of that education is, look, 
if you want to buy in the Dubai real estate market, you're gonna have to be able to move fast. You need to be in a position where you're ready to commit. And what committing looks like is X, Y, and Z. So you need to be ready to move funds. You need to be mm -hmm. ready to share your identification and passport. What typically happens though in reality is the advisory is put in place. We will talk about a new launch or the agents will talk about a new launch that's coming up. And in many occasions, they miss out on the first chance. Mm -hmm. And the way that they actually learn the process in Dubai is unfortunately by missing out on an opportunity that they wanted. Right. Um, right now, we're in a space where the developers are asking for an expression of interest. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, a security check against a project that they haven't given you full information nor have they given you prices. Huh. Okay. Now, if you're new to a market, that's really difficult to get your head around. Yeah. However, if you came in and looked at that for the first time, you say, well, surely that doesn't make sense. This, you know, it feels like I'm being spun a little <laughs> bit of a story, mm -hmm. yeah. which you would obviously understand. What happens is people miss out on the first one and then they end up coming back for the second launch and understanding that that was how the market works. Right. So. We can only do so much to advise. We put good advisory in place. We explain the process, but in many cases, people do miss out on the first on, on the first opportunity. Um, when it comes to getting access to stock, I think it's just preparation for, look, depending on the project and the developer, depends on how fast it's gonna sell out, okay? Right. Um, so if you want Emar Beachfront, and Emar Beachfront is launching at a very competitive price at that time, mm -hmm then of course that's likely to sell out very fast. What's also happening is the developers are sort of pushing the price point. Right. So right. prices are launching, you know, um, and as you would expect, if you're developing a project um, in arguably the hottest market on the planet, why would you want to sell them at discount prices? Mm. When labor's increasing, materials are increasing, the market is moving up, which means a project that was sold three years ago is selling at a wildly different price at handover to what they've launched at. Right. So of yeah. course the developers are looking to get, you know, the highest return that they can. Um, and ultimately, sometimes that means that there's a bit of residual stock that comes into the market. Mm. Um, the truth is, if you were to launch a project in the UK, I've got friends that are developers, they expect to sell a building of 80 to 100 units out over a six to 12 month period. Oh wow, okay. There's now a, a bizarre stigma <laughs> across Dubai that if a, you know, a full tower or project doesn't sell out in you know, three hours, <laughs> there must be a problem with this project, therefore maybe I don't invest. Right. Um, which is, you know, globally is just ludicrous. It's not how the real markets work across the world. Mm -hmm. However, we are in a very um, globally small environment with just incredible demand. And, and that's what we're seeing right now. So you have to be able to move fast. Um, right. And like I said, unfortunately, what happens in many cases is your initial attempt to move fast is not fast enough, um, right. you know, because anywhere else in the world, it would, you know, you would have more time to think, but mm -hmm. you know, that's the, that's the market we sit in today. Is there a bit of, um conflict between trying to stay competitive versus trying to get the highest return or trying to value or trying to price the project to what you perceive its value to be? Yeah. Yeah. I think, look, that that's always a balancing act. You mm. know, I, I think if you, if you take the secondary market, yeah. you know, 
every client that we speak to, every seller, every landlord, every developer yeah. is always looking for the same thing. They're looking for you know as much profit or as much money out of the project as they can, and they want to sell it as fast as they can, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know, no no secondary market seller has said to us, if you can sell this really slow and <laughs> give it away really cheap, that'd be great. <laughs> so any business, any developer is looking to to maximize profits and sell you know, in an efficient, timely manner. Mm. Um, and that's always a balance. And that's that's anything that we're looking at as a business. We want to be in a position where we can move products, services um, as fast as we can and maximize profit. You know, that's just, that's just business globally. Um, so yeah, I think there is a bit of a balancing act there in terms of how, what is the right price? Right. And especially in a market that is moving fast, it's harder to put your, your finger on the pulse of exactly what that number is. Um, sometimes developers are prepared to say, we believe this is the price and we're, we're happy to sit on the market a little bit longer than some of our competition. Um, mm. and, and that's also fine, that strategy works as well. Mm. What that means is sometimes those projects sit on the market a little bit longer until the people, s uh, the, the buyers that are in the market see the value that's proposed by that development. And what are your thoughts for the future of the off-plan market? What can we expect uh, in the first quarter of 2024? So I think, speaking to the developers, what there is a very, very clear demand for is quality product. Mm -hmm. yep. We've seen across Dubai quality projects that are producing high-end living have only really been seen in locations like the Palm Jumeirah that have been releasing recently in downtown in places like business base so the prime areas of dubai right i think we're now seeing with developers like magic alpha tame we're seeing them move a little bit further away from the coast mm -hmm. but produce really high-end quality finishes and creating community living we're seeing more of that in the projects that are being launched. We're seeing the facilities, the amenities, just improving day by day right. and creating an environment where what you find in the project that you buy in allows you to stay there without having to, to leave as much. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're gonna see more of that. I think that we are in a unique space in terms of the developers have been forced in many respects to keep developing to keep up with demand and mm, yep. the demand that is there right now it has been very healthy for the developers to keep delivering projects because what's not healthy is prices to keep rising to an unsustainable um, position Netflix. and if the developers don't then that can get us into a difficult space so yeah. Again, the Dubai, the Dubai government are exceptional at managing how that operates across Dubai. So I think we're going to see, um, in many cases, we're going to see apartments and projects open up with a little bit more space. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's going to be something we'll see. Um, and I think there's been a bit of a push in some of the prime areas now to go one way or the other. And that has been either produce uh, smaller properties within prime locations or produce super prime. There's been a sort of no no real gap in the middle. I think we're gonna see developers sit a little bit further out of the, away from the coast, mm -hmm. and we're gonna see them produce at a higher quality is ultimately what, what will be delivered into the market in 2024. Fantastic.
at Parting Thoughts, what do you think are the most interesting projects in the market right now? Uh, and why do you think investors should be keeping an eye on them? Well, I think that Dubai has got a few incredible projects. Palm Jebel Ali <laughs> right. is obviously something that has, has recently come through. Mm-hmm. Um, Jory Hills with Arada has been fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a really nice segment of um, five to 15 million dirham villa communities which have launched across Mohammed bin Rashid, across uh, Jamira Golf Estates, uh, Tal Gaff sitting a little bit away from that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And there's more to come from all of these developers. So I think we're seeing these developers that haven't produced in Dubai before come into the market. I think there's, um, you know, they're the spaces that I think are, are really interesting. The sort of uh, developers that are, are bigger, but mm-hmm. are newer into this market, which are creating some, some really uh, interesting projects across Dubai. Excellent. Well, Thank you very much for your time, Mark. I do appreciate you coming on the show again and look forward to getting your thoughts again soon. Thank you very much. That is it for the premiere episode of the all-new Luxury Podcast. Please do share this interview with anyone who you think will find it insightful. And if you'd like to stay up to date with the latest episodes, then don't forget to hit that subscribe button. You can also follow the Luxury Podcast on Instagram, YouTube, and our brand new TikTok channel. The Luxury Podcast is a production of LuxuryProperty.com, an award-winning luxury real estate brokerage that markets the world's finest homes. You can visit us on LuxuryProperty.com, and we're also available on all major social media platforms. Thank you very much for listening, and remember to always enjoy life's little luxuries. (music) 